Yeah, so I'm Chris Parr, a social entrepreneur from Stoke-on-Trent, and I run a community recycling project called the Stoke 2000. Uh, the Stoke 2000 is about creating 2,000 bottle kiln-shaped garden wall planters out of recycled pallets to celebrate Stoke-on-Trent's industrial heritage. And you're on something of an adventure at the moment, aren't you? So do you want to remind us what it is that, that you're doing and why you're doing it? Yeah, I'm on a 2,000-mile cycle tour or cycle challenge across Great Britain uh, to raise money for Mind Charity. What I'm trying to do as well during that 2,000-mile uh, cycle challenge is to stop, uh, stop off at different communities to run some workshops, uh, mainly with four communities in Dundee, uh, South Wales Valleys, Brighton and Hove, and also St. Hostel, uh, to create something out of recycled pallets to celebrate their uh, cultural or industrial heritage. But it's mainly to do with recycling, creating a circular economy and working with people because creative activities as well as a physical activity like a cycling or, or running activity does help with your, your mental health and well-being. Yeah, cool. I'm sure we'll we'll sort of uh, pick out more detail there as, as we're chatting. Just remind us then, tell us where you are on your journey. What What day is this? How many miles have you done? So I'm on day 28 at the moment, and that's my rest day, uh, 28 out of 50 days. So over this 2,000-mile journey, uh, over 50 days, uh, I'm at a place called Colour Coach, just outside Whitley Bay. I've been uh, quite a, a number of miles, and uh, I've visited a lot of uh, villages, towns, cities across uh, Britain. I started in London, headed all the way across to uh, Fiskard in uh, Wales, all the way through Wales, back to Stoke, uh, Stockport, Preston, Lancaster, Penrith, all the way up to Dundee. Um, most recently, I've headed down the East Coast, so places like Dunbar, Banborough, and obviously now in Whitley Bay. In the next uh, 10 to 15 days, I'll be heading down to the South Coast, uh, to, to Brighton and Hove, and then across the South Coast to uh, St. Hostel, where, again, I'll be hopefully running a, a workshop with the with their community as well. Yeah, so I saw um, lots of posts from you over the last year or so. You've been putting in a huge amount of sort of physical training. Uh, how much has that helped? Yeah, the training has been pretty pretty good, really. Uh, I've done 50 plus miles, sometimes 75 miles to prepare uh, for this journey. Um, that's on, on my bike, but I'm also a keen walker and a keen runner as well. So I am pretty physically fit for my age as best I can be but it has been it has been difficult because I didn't factor in the wind over the last uh, 20 odd days it's been very very windy and some some of those days have I've had uh, headwinds so it's been really difficult but uh, uh, most recently over the last week or so coming back from Scotland it's been a, a tailwind so it's been pretty pretty easy than what I've, I've had before I think I started the journey as well with three three long days from London to Caerphilly, something like 75, 85 miles even. So those are three three really tough days and that that sort, sort of uh, put me in good stead for the, the rest, uh, the remainder of the challenge because if I could get through those three days with, with the rain and the headwinds and the distance that I travelled, then I just felt that I could get through any day that's uh, in front of me. Well, you're certainly physically fit and you're doing really well on, on the sort of mileage, getting up those hills. But what about the mental challenge of what you're doing? Uh, mentally, I've always been pretty strong. I've always got things to occupy my mind. And obviously, this, the scenery, scenery around me has been fantastic, especially 
uh, Northumberland coast. I've never been sort of this this area of the country, so it's been a really uh, a good eye opening to see what what's uh, around me here. Um, I've also got things uh, to keep me occupied. Obviously, looking at people's um, or places uh, heritage, but I've also got songs that uh, I put as a play a playlist. And uh, I've tried to connect those songs or musicians or poets to the places where I'm traveling to or from just to keep myself occupied. So I haven't had my headphones on, but I've sort of had those tunes and uh, poems and uh, songs, rock ballads in my head while I've been traveling uh, up and down the, the country. Over a thousand miles done then, Chris. Um, you must have met some right characters then along the route. Uh, tell us about a couple of the people that you've met. Yeah, pretty early on, I invited a, a group, uh, a cycling group uh, from uh, Bath area. And one of the people did uh, a podcast with me down there, so it was really helpful at the time, uh, raised the publicity and, uh, of what I'm doing in the challenge. And yeah, they cycled with me from Bath to Caerphilly, and it was good to, to meet up with fellow cyclists and have a conversation about you know why they get involved in cycling, its benefit for their health and well-being, uh, and just meet people from different areas so I think they were getting over a couple of injuries uh, recently that they've had so it was helpful for them to to jump on board and, and support me on that challenge they were very good at navigating so for that that day I didn't do any navigation at all so I let them do do that work for me it was good to tap into local knowledge as well because I think one of the routes took me straight into the middle of Bristol whereas with their local knowledge they took me sort of the outskirts so the journey became a lot easier, a bit quicker, and it missed out all the, you know, the city centre stop and start um, cycling uh, that I would have to do if I went on that route. So, yeah, it was good to tap into local knowledge and meet people from different cycling clubs, um, even down to uh, Carmarthen. I met with somebody who uh, did the same, sort of chaperoned me through uh, the country lanes and up up, uh, up the hills and the uh, the valleys of Wales, up all the way to Fishguard and through the, the centre of Wales. Uh, people who've hosted me as well, it's been fantastic. They've really helped me out and cut the prices down and the costs of the, the challenge. So uh, they put me up for the evening, uh, cook me food, warm shower. So it's, it's just nice to contact those people. Uh, and I've still got a few people that I'm going to stop in the, in the remainder of this journey as well. And, and working with different community groups, I worked with a community group in Dundee, uh, they work with young people, uh, building um, products and skills. And I managed to make um, one of my bottle kiln uh, planters with them and also inspired them to do something that's connected to their heritage, which was um, jam uh, jam jars and the shape, you know, like a shape of a jam jar, but it was a planter. So uh, there's mm -hmm. some legacy that I've left with them because there's a bit of work to do, sanding the planters down and then maybe doing some artwork on the front of those. So your your project in Stoke is very much inspired by Stoke's heritage. What what have you learned about local heritage along along the route where you've stopped? It's it's the famous people and you know notable people from from those areas that have um, that have noticed industry mainly. Obviously, South Wales Valley is a, a renowned for the coal mining industry as as well as a lot of other places around the country. So. Uh, I've got an idea of doing a minecart with a, a community group down there once I go back to visit there. Dundee is the next place I've stopped, uh, Jute, Jam and Journalism. Uh, didn't know that the Beano characters and you know Dandy were sort of founded there, the building up in Dundee. 
Well, it's a fantastic place, Dundee. As uh, Dundee Laura went up uh, just to see a vantage point across the, the whole city, which is brilliant. Uh, museums, the V&A, uh, Dundee as well. But I, unfortunately, I haven't got the, the amount of time to stop too long at these places. So even though it's a bit of a whistle, uh, whistle tour of these places, I will like to go back um, and visit those places once I've done the challenge and, and reach St. Hostel and obviously 2,000 miles. What do you think has surprised you um, most so far about the challenge and, and what you're doing? How quickly I can recover. I think after a nice bed and lots of sleep and a, a cold shower, that, that's that's the main thing that I do uh, once I finish the, a day's activity on the bike is a cold shower. And I absolutely hate them, but I knew I know that if you know once once you have a cold shower, it is good for you. But while while you're having it, it it's it's really hard and I, I don't like them at all cold showers but yeah it does help help the recovery rate so uh, the other thing I've noticed is the the accessibility and how easy it is to get on a bike and seeing uh, people do some you know something similar uh, cycling around the cycle national cycle network that the Sustrans have put forward but people just getting involved in other activity going for a walk walking the dog or or even uh, I've seen some runners and joggers around these routes as well. So fellow cyclists, uh, people getting themselves involved in uh, you know that physical activity because that's definitely help, helpful for their uh, mental health and well-being. So you're learning a lot about other people. You're learning a lot about places and heritage of those places. What have you learned about yourself? I think about myself, I've learned how resilient you can be um, and how simple life can be. I think life is very complex. There's lots of uh, things you've got to do and people worry about lots of different things. But if you, you trim it down, it's just a matter of getting on with people um, especially, but obviously your food and your accommodation and your shelter. But um, it's about working with people, getting on with people and, and just being kind to people really. And that's the basic needs. Anything else is just a bonus that you don't need. So, yeah, life is complicated, but at the moment, my simple life is getting from A to B, eating enough food and calories to keep me going and seeing some fantastic places around Britain. Are you actually getting any logistics support along the route? Are you meeting up with people? You know, has that been pre-planned at all? Is anyone cycling with you or, you know, who's doing your puncture repairs? I'm pretty much pretty much doing everything, really. As I said before, I've connected with a few cycling uh, groups uh, and they've done my navigation, but... Um, I've also got my own navigational uh, equipment to to know where I am. And also the Sustrans routes are uh, labelled pretty well. Uh, they've got, obviously got numbers on uh, on en route where you should go. There's a, f- a few places that are a bit tricky. Um, yesterday was at a place called Blythe, and that took you inland a little bit. I would sort of get around the estuary a little bit. It's a bit twisty and turny. Yeah, eventually I got to to where Whitley Bay and uh, Colour Coats, so it is labelled pretty well. But yeah, it's um, easy to navigate once you just get your bearings and know where you are and where you need to go to. How are you doing on the fundraising front? Not too bad. I've got two fundraising um, packages. One is my crowdfunding, which helps towards food, accommodation, and repairs. Luckily, I've only had two punches so far, but. At some point, I obviously need to get some more oil for my chain, more puncture repair kits and more inner tubes. But I've been pretty lucky so far with that. 
So the the crowdfunder pays for the food, the accommodation, the shelter to keep me sustainable during this journey. And I've also got a Just Giving page uh, that raises money directly to mine charity. So those two areas, uh, I think I'm halfway through each of those targets. So I'm just over halfway through the challenge so far. Uh, once I've got this uh, challenge uh, done, I've, I've been taking loads of videos and photos, most of which I've been putting on uh, my social uh, media networks. But when I get back to Stoke, uh, as a person who's involved in media as well, I'll be doing some sort of evaluation of each of the days that I've been doing, uh, creating a video and posting that on social networks and trying to get some money raised for, for mine further. So if you're listening in, I'll make sure we share those links uh, to Chris's uh, fundraising pages in the show notes. So wherever you're listening, check out the show notes, check out the web page, and you'll see the links there. How are you going to celebrate at the end? What have you got in mind? Um, I think I just want to fall, fall down on the sand, I think. There's a place uh, close to St. Austell called Par Bay or Par Sands. Uh, and obviously, my, my second name is Par. When I've done the coast to coast before walking challenge, I think you're supposed to t- uh, dip your toe in one of the waters at uh, St. Bees and then uh, Robin Hood's Bay. So I think I'll be dipping my toes into uh, the sea at uh, Par Bay or Par Sands. Obviously, if it isn't too cold. So how many miles to go then now? So I've done 1,250. So it's over 750 miles now, but I've done obviously the majority of it. So every every day is getting less and less into that target of 750. So I'm on the uh, on the countdown. Really looking forward to that because I've I've already done more miles than I've got to do uh, uh, that's remaining. So yeah, uh, that's where I've got to do now. 750 miles, and then that's it. That's the challenge done. Well, it's been really great to catch up with you on one of your planned rest days. Uh, wish those legs of yours um, every energy and that mind, every motivation for the, the remaining miles you've got. Thanks for spending some time with us, Chris. Thanks very much. Okay, thank you.